0: Hey, hey, you're listening to the Let's Heal Already podcast for the sometimes impatient, sometimes cranky person doing some healing. And I'm your host, JR. I'm an author, actor and speaker from Far Rockaway, New York. And on this podcast, you'll hear me cover ground on a variety of topics from mental wellness and emotional literacy to blackness to masculinity and femininity to ending misogyny and patriarchy to last but not least, bisexuality and ending sexual shame. My name is Jr. Yusuf, and I am the host of the YouTube channel Just Jr. And today I am joined by Shara. I have a very special guest, and their pronouns are they and them, and Z and Zim. So, just a little bit more about Shara. Shara runs the account The Black Bisexual on Instagram and Twitter. They are also a college student. They are also a plant parent. And they believe in all things intersectional. So that means the rights of like disabled people. That means the rights of queer people. That means the rights of people of color. And today we are going to be having a conversation about disability and bisexuality and about LGBT people and things like that. So to kick us off, I want to just read what disability is. And this is going to be coming from. Byresource.org. So, a disability is defined as a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities. It has been found that more LGBT, it has been found that more LGB folks have disabilities than their heterosexual counterparts. When people hear the word, they have different ideas about what it means in a social context, and there can be a lot of confusion and misunderstanding. People with disabilities may use different labels to describe themselves, such as disabled, a person with a disability, or differently abled. Whatever whatever terminology a person uses, only they, and perhaps the medical professionals with whom they work, can say if they have a disability or not. Physical illnesses, mental illnesses, injuries, and chronic pain can all potentially result in both visible and invisible disabilities and all should be accommodated in the bisexual community. Okay, so how do you feel about what I just read? Like, do you feel like that definition of disability was like accurate or uh, all-encompassing or?
1: I feel like it was very medicalized, but it doesn't discuss anything about the person. It basically states that Disability is this and this when in retrospect, disability is a mini shaded thing. Someone that has several disabilities, but they're not visible, you know, could be seen one way. Whereas someone that is walk, walking with a cane, oh, that person's disabled. Well, you don't know that. So, um, I don't really like a lot of medical definitions. But I understand the purpose of them. The purpose is usually political or um social. So, yeah, <sighs> I haven't found a definition of disability that I like yet. So, but that's just me. That's just me. I'm I'm a picky crip. So, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so,
0: uh, I I really appreciated what you just said. You you talked about how. It didn't talk about the person and the individual and in a bit of the research that I did to prepare for this conversation, that was like a huge theme throughout everything. It was like, well, everybody's an individual. First of all, like we all have hobbies. We all have interests. We all have, we all come from various socioeconomic, uh, standpoints. And so I kind of wanted to kick off the interview with a really simple question about like, what are some of your hobbies? I know you talked about being a plant parent, but do you have any other uh, hobbies that you want to mention?
1: My, okay, besides being a plant parent and owning like, if not over, but close to a hundred plants. Thank you, pandemic. Uh, I am. I I'm really a sociologist at heart I like to research I've currently been going on a journey of researching my own disability and um going through the process of being tested on it uh yes that is actually my hobby right now I know someone's just like wait are you serious you you do that yeah I have um adult ADHD so when I get interested in something something sometimes I hyper focus sometimes I just uh I just throw myself into things so I'm researching a lot on my disability I'm researching ADHD in general I'm researching um a lot of social justice issues I I I like to read as you can tell I love reading new articles I love um reading a lot of nonfiction as well as fiction What else do I like to do? I like to sleep. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I love to sleep. If you give me 10 minutes in my bonnet, I will be out.
0: I promise you. (laughs) I feel you. Mm. And like, I got into throughout the pandemic, like, I bought these pajamas, and like, they are the most comfortable, like, silk pajamas. And like, Anytime I'm like having a hard day or like, <laughs> if, like if I, I don't know, like if I want to treat myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my special pajamas on and just get in the bed and like curl up.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, that actually like, that helps you because whatever is bothering you, oh, I'm having a bad day or this is really hard. Once you put those pajama those special pajamas on, now you are you know, you're, you're moving your, your mind and your body out of a space of negativity to positivity because all you have are positive thoughts connected to these pajamas. So once you curl up, it's, it's over. It's over. Put you some Netflix on and let
0: Netflix watch you. So. Let Netflix watch you. I'm weak. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I love to read. I like to go outside for like walks and be in nature and stuff like that. I like to write. I what are some of my other hobbies? I just got into like gaming again after like a fifteen year long hiatus. <laughs> so school to be back. Yeah. So I got a switch during the pandemic and so I've been playing it here and there. Yeah. So uh okay. that's, that's okay. yeah. And so I also wanted to ask What are some like superpowers? Would you, what kind of superpowers would you want to have if you could have any superpowers?
1: Okay, now see, this one...
0: This one's always
1: been kind of a hard question for me because I am a comic book nerd. So when you ask me this, it's like, I can give you the rundown on why every, almost every superpower would be good, but I would say telekinesis. I would, I've always wanted that one because it's, it's very versatile. I could, um, push gravity away and I could fly. I could, um, it's just, basically manipulating the world around you using your mind and i'm just like i could do that yes yeah. the physical world with my mind i yes. yeah, yes. yeah. so telekinesis so, um, yes and i need like Jean gray strength i don't need like i don't want to be captain i mean i don't want to be professor x no because see he's his morals are skewed i need to be Jean gray so, all the way it
0: let's talk about it i was talking about it on twitter the other day about how professor x be sending these poor kids into battle to die and he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't unpacked his own internalized um anti-mutant i don't know if there's a word for that but his own he hasn't yep. unpacked the anti-mutant his uh,
1: own xenophobia
0: xenophobia mm-hmm. or
1: whatever right <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that kind of and then it kind of gave me a feel because I'm just like, okay, you have this powerful mind, but see, he's a, a, he's a, he's not, it's not telekinesis. It's, um, Oh God, it's the other one you use with your mind. And I can't think about it, but he's that he can basically okay. manipulate other people. Yeah. Telepathy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He can basically manipulate other people's minds. And see, I, I take issue with that mm, manipulation. That's a no-no, but, um, I, he said these little kids out there and I'm like, okay, Mr. Wheelchair, I need you to get out there first. Please. You're the adult. Please. You're the adult. Mm. But see, the 90s, the 90s X-Men, everyone was an adult and I like that one better because people have more free will.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's true. Right. But anyway, I was going to say something. I'm going to just say it. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. Like obviously they showed us all of his team members having free will, but I always, I don't know, since he's, since he's, he has telepathy. I always question like, well, are they really doing this? Cause they want to do it. Or is it one of those? Cause I think, I think in some of the comic, comic books, like there's like, um like secondary powers that like, Oh, if you're in people's aura, if you're pe- around people, they just start to like mm-hmm. be influenced by you. Even like, you're not even trying to do that. But anyway that's mm-hmm. i'm learning out a little bit but anyway <laughs> um
1: it's okay it's okay i'm here with you i'm okay. here with you okay. so
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah i think my superpowers would be similar to yours i think mine would be like molecular manipulation and, uh,
1: Ooh, okay so yes
0: so yes many you can do the telepathy you I mean the uh telekinesis you can do moving through walls like kitty prod you can do teleportation mm-hmm. hurt you can do like so many things, so yeah, I really like that one because it it you have to be creative with that with that power, yeah, that's kind of what you were getting
1: and so, at. and so you can break things down to its smallest molecule so that if you move them quickly, you can move past them. If you move them slowly, you've made things heavier. So, okay, I, I see you. I see you. Mm-hmm, JR. Okay. We all here trying to do the most. Okay. I see you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Okay. I had to, I had to have a good answer because yours was so good. Uh, so, so yeah. So on the same vein of superpowers, right? So, Marvel's Runaways on Hulu features Gert, Mm -hmm. who is a hero who has spoken about her mental illnesses, anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. as well as debilitating migraines. And I think the writers were hinting that another hero named Molly was neurodivergent, though Mm -hmm. they may have just been trying to illustrate that Molly was very, very young in comparison to her other teammates. How do you feel about representation of disabled superheroes in general? And maybe more specifically, how about black disabled superheroes?
1: Um, in general, I haven't seen a lot of representation with disabled people in comic books. I did read the Hawkeye series where he lost his hearing. I bought that whole series. It's uh I I had to spend the forty dollars on that book. Ooh, that hurt. But just to see A superhero wear a hearing aid just to see you know a superhero have to go through all the you know go through life being different that's what anyone would want to see anyone would want to see the representation we see professor x in a wheelchair but we don't see him in a wheelchair all the time You know, he turns he goes into the astral plane and now he's walking or he's in his own mental state and he's standing and having a conversation. So there's always this, you know, wish to be wish to walk or wish to be like everyone else. And I don't I don't like to use the term normal because that gets on my damn nerves. There's no such thing as normal. But. I don't see enough representation in comics when I see disabled people. And then when I do see them, it's always the same narrative of the cishet white man. Daredevil, he's blind. He's a cishet white man. Professor X, he is in a wheelchair uh, from a spinal injury. Cishet white male. Um, Hold on, hold on. Hawkeye, cishet white male. So these are the only people that have disabilities. Now, as you discuss Runaway, this is interesting because I have not seen this in the actual comic books. So if they are doing this in a show, I would definitely love to see it, which I did see all of season one, but I kind of fell off. So we're not going to get into that. But I would love to see the representation.
0: Mm, I hear you.
1: And I know I'm not the only one that feels this way because representation is important for any social group, for any community. When you can see someone that, when you can see yourself reflected back on the screen, it validates your existence. And art is supposed to mirror life. So when you see people, when you see TV and you don't see yourself, it's kind of like, well, what Twilight Zone are they living in? Because I see people like this all the time. Or why aren't there people like this that are seen more often? Because, again, these people should be represented. But that's just me.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And that what you just said reminds me of being a kid and turn, turning on movies or, or the TV or whatever, and it just kind of, kind of almost always being white people. But I mean. Me and my sisters, we found, you know, UPN and, you know, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. black people on it, but it was odd. It was just weird because I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. So I rarely ever saw white people. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I did live across the street from a synagogue. So I saw white Jewish people, but mm-hmm. I didn't really, I, I didn't ever really feel like a minority because of my race. So it was mm-hmm. always like, Disconnect of like, well, I'm always around like tons of various kinds of black people, but on TV, there's like a one particular kind or there's hardly any at all. So yeah, that disconnect between like what you experience in reality versus what is shown on TVs and movies is always a doozy. But then also I think Mm -hmm. that I think that representation has its limits and for me personally, I think that I would much prefer to be protected and accommodated in real life than I would be re- represented and I know this is not like an either or game and I know oftentimes in order to be protected in society you like representation sometimes comes first or or whatever but you know, I think for the last couple of years in particular, there's just been so much conversation like, oh, representation matters. And obviously it does in, in so many ways. And it also has its limitations and disabled people <laughs> protection, <laughs> consideration, <laughs> um, thoughtfulness. Yes, representation. Yes, definitely. All of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. mm-hmm. happening
1: um for representation you make a very good point where you state that, that you know um it, and it it makes me think of well not everyone can be represented because you're i'm not going to see exactly me on the screen i already know that and you know you can't represent everyone And that's wonderful, but then you go, then I go back to the point that you said, when you watch TV, you only saw one specific type of black person. That makes me uncomfortable because we are not a monolith. We are a very broad and wide community. You're on the East coast and I'm on the West coast. So that, that creates difference right there. But if I do see T'Challa hanging out in Manhattan, I'm still going to root for him with all of my little black soul. But representation does matter. Representation matters especially in intersections. When you have someone that is not white, when you have someone that is not cis, when you have someone that is not male, you are opening up the ability for people to see themselves if I don't see myself in a person you know for their gender i see my I see myself in them for their ability or their disability. I see myself in someone that is a first gen student they don't I don't have to connect with them at all points, but at least I have enough points to connect with them um, with disability. It's it's very hard because now life is imitating art, which is weird, because um and it's supposed to be the other way around, but you know, I, I don't wanna fight with my artist friends on that one. I really don't. When I say that I'm disabled, I will literally get the whole scan of my body and be like, Where? And it's and it's like I what do you mean where and then I have to go into this whole thing of proving myself because when you see disabled, you see the decals when you're about to park they're blue it's a little person in a wheelchair when you and it's this reinforced message of it's someone physically disabled so when someone has a mental disability when someone has a um intellectual disability now it's it goes into this whole we'll prove it. So this is why representation matters, because if you're having conversations around mental disabilities, if you're having conversations around intellectual disabilities or chronic illness, people now have that language and it's like, oh, I saw this one time. Yeah, okay. I don't know exactly what you're going through because TV is TV and not real life, but I understand and I have the language to understand what you're talking about.
0: And I have that reference point from the TV, even though the TV didn't get it all right, but it's like, at least, oh, well, I saw that episode with that person and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is so frustrating though, because (laughs) I just like, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 ah, it's so frustrating because this is reminding me of like how, I would say over the last, maybe like three or four years in real life, some of my friends and family members have sort of like, not come around, but like, they're like, wow, bisexual men or bisexual people go through so much. And I'm like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Saying this, I'm I'm 32 right now. Mm -hmm. I've been saying this to these people for (laughs) for Mm -hmm. a long time. I've been saying it and they know me. I'm not a stranger. They know me. But it took for them to, like, see it on TV or it took for them to see it on the timeline. Oh, like bisexual Mm -hmm. men, bisexual people getting dragged. And I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I've been saying the same things. I've been saying these same Mm things. I've been saying these same things for years. (laughs) For years. It's
1: like, I'm not lying and I'm not playing the Oppression Olympics. Trust so and believe it's hard out here for a bisexual. No matter what your gender, is, it is hard out here for a bisexual. And I got to give it up to you. I thank you so much, JR, for what you do on YouTube. You educated me. You inspire me. I watch your stuff and I sit here and I'm just like, Someone gets it. Oh my God. Someone gets it. But why do, why do we have to get it in the community? Why
0: can't the folks outside get it? Thank you so much for saying that. That, that's very, very sweet. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's, I, I guess it's good that they finally came around, but it doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me feel good because you haven't been listening to me. Yep.
1: Yep. You You haven't been validating me. You've, you've listened. It's gone through one ear and out the other. Like, yeah, well, you know, you know, it's whatever. But then once they hear it from someone else, once they watch it on TV, Mm -hmm. then it's all of a sudden, Oh, you know what? Yeah, you was right. Okay. I don't, I don't need the, I don't need the, you was right. I need the support. Can I get support now?
0: uh okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so on to the next question (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, yeah we'll spend a minute there Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do a breathing exercise after all of this (laughs) i'm really irritated um (laughs) So we've seen a rise in accessibility at the start of the pandemic, with everything from medical professionals being willing to consider virtual checkups for once, to sign language interpreters being present for many virtual events, to virtual courses with schools being mandatory for some. As we get back to normal, do you think we will see a decline in this accessibility? And how do you feel about this conditional accessibility that centers abled people?
1: Um, well, first off, there is no such thing as normal. We had a significant amount of people to pass away from the pandemic. So just bouncing back and saying, let's go back to the way things used to be. That's not possible. So when people state, you know, oh, we're going to get back to normal. No, everyone I know And some people I don't know have lost family, have lost friends, have lost just loved ones in general. So there is no possible way that the way things were in 2019 and early 2020, we can never get back to that ever. That's not possible. So the idea of getting back to normal is not only not possible, but it's also slightly offensive. So we should just, Ignore all of what happened in 2020 and just go forward. I don't I don't know about you, Jr., but um that's not how I process things. So that that is the first thing. The second thing is that accessibility always comes through the necessity of assisting able-bodied people. Um, a few, I want to say a few months ago when Nike came out with the shoe that kind of clicks on and clicks off everyone talked about how lazy that shoe was everyone talked about how you know the shoe was was ugly and how they could just make something you know America's getting so lazy but what no one was listening to was the was the accessible and disabled rhetoric around it. You know, this is finally a shoe that I can put on myself where I don't need assistance. This is finally something, this is finally a way that I can take more autonomy over my body. So where mainstream is always going to call things quote-unquote lazy, it's really kind of a charade just to market to disabled people, but in a way where, you know we can't just market to one to disabled people because it's such a small group and you know they don't have a lot of money. So if they market to the general public, they'll usually get disabled dollars. I like the accessibility. I have been able to be in groups, social groups all over the world when I'm awake, because I'm not sitting up three in the morning for things that happen in Greenwich not happening <laughs> I I have loved the ability to also be um uh, a little incognito because I don't have to be on camera. Uh Sometimes I fidget a lot, so that makes people uncomfortable. And the fact that I'm Black, so we're not even going to get into the racist part of that. But um the accessibility of things being online, so that means people that have access via phone, via, via laptop, via desktop, they're able to broaden their social circles so wide the ability that people can work from home so if you have a chronic illness you don't have to you know as I say you don't have to gauge how many spoons you're going to need you know your bed is literally right, right behind you or you're sitting in bed doing all of the work that you've been trying to get accommodations for for years so I think it's wonderful of these accessibility, these these accommodations. But what I fear is like everything else, you know, this idea of getting back to normal is going to make all of these things inaccessible and dry up again. And I know a lot of people are fighting for it. I know when I order food, I know that they have curbside service and I continue to use it, even though I am fully there. Vaccinated, even though I still wear a mask, I continue to use these services to show other places that they're still being used. So don't get rid of them. Um, and yeah, yeah, it does. It hurts my heart when I see things like, like, Oh, we're going to start meeting up in person again, or Oh, we're going to meet outside. It's like, no, don't take away that virtual aspect. You can also do both, you know, have one meeting online and one meeting, um, In person, but I'm concerned that it is going to dry up and it bothers me. So yeah.
0: I hear you. So the next question that I have is, what does your ideal accessible pride event feel, smell, look, and sound like? What technologies, what technologies are present? What modes of transportation are present? what accommodations have been made
1: Okay um going to tuck in for this one cuz this one going to uh, take a minute
0: uh,
1: Okay uh, So um I would like to first preface that I am an able-bodied disabled person. So there will be some things that I may overlook because I am not going to speak for the whole community. I'm only going to speak for me and I know about other modes of the disabled community. So let's start with the transportation to get there. So to get there, I'm thinking of those that are both physically, emotionally, and mentally disabled. So there will be um, wheelchair accessible, vans, shuttles, and buses running every 15 to 20 minutes. And that is to and from the event. So, um, even if like, Oh, I missed the bus. Well, you know what? That's okay. We still have a sh- shuttle and a van coming. And, uh, and see what people don't understand is if it's accessible to disabled people, it's accessible to everyone. So if there's a bus or a van running every 15 minutes, that's less you have to walk, honey. And sadly, unlike the East Coast, every, anytime you have to walk, you're walking for miles, not blocks, miles. Right. So. Um everything is wheelchair accessible, everything is power scooter accessible or power chair accessible because not one size does not fit all. Just because a power chair fits there does not mean a power wheelchair will fit does not mean a power scooter will fit so I would make sure that the buses were accessible the buses vans and shuttles were accessible for all three modes as well as um, ramps for those with canes or um, those who you know who have issues just mobility in general so that's just getting there um, getting there itself. I mean once you're there I would say it would be scent free because there are people that, that have um, scent sensitivities. I personally do not have. Well, I have seasonal allergies. That's different. But so I would it would be scent free for the most part. But if you went to like certain booths or something and they had a scent, that'd be different. But for the most part, it would be scent free. Um, there would be bathrooms everywhere. Uh, these bathrooms would be large and accessible uh i would say you you would trip where you see a trash can you see a bathroom so like every five, five steps there'd be a bathroom in the back bathrooms there would be personal care attendants so even if you get there and you're like oh i can't transfer from my wheelchair to the toilet there's there's one or two people that are just there to assist and um i would say like they'd stand outside they'd have a lanyard on and you know you just you can just come and with like a, a, like a bright green shirt that says like staff or assistant staff and you just ask them hey can I get some assistance yep sure so you don't have to you know have this awkward of how do I get my care assistant there if I need them or you know what am I going to do if I have to do certain things you know and I don't have help because I know a lot of um physically disabled people will go if they go out they won't drink anything because they know as soon as they drink something they'll have to go to the bathroom so if they have to go to the bathroom well it's a whole you know it's a whole process and they don't want to they don't know if the bathroom is accessible they don't know if they can get assistance so they won't drink water and it's it's i drink water all day that's psychotic so no one should have to no one should have to, to be dehydrated just to go out and have fun. So I am uh, making sure that there's care assistance, not only in the bathrooms, but wherever there are food trucks. I am making sure there is a variety of foods because everyone has sensitivities to foods. There are foods we can't eat. You know, everyone thinks that, you know, it's so cachet to be gluten-free, but I know some people that are disabled that if they had gluten, it would kill them literally kill them or send them to the hospital.
0: So we're having,
1: yes, thank you. That's exactly what it's called. Thank you. So I'm having food trucks with not only like the greasy bits that we all like, but like vegan food trucks. I'm having vegetarian food trucks. I'm having halal food trucks. I'm having kosher food truck. I'm having food trucks for anything you feel like you want. If you just want corn we have a just corn for you. If you're just like, I just want a little shaved ice with some honey on it, boo, we got you. <laughs> and okay, that's just the food. Whew. Um, <laughs> see, I see, I get deep. I get deep. When you talk about the um like pride itself is like one long parade, and then usually there's a concert or some type of carnival at the end. I want it to be wide okay people are going to be everywhere on wheels on canes walking so these these lanes these streets need to be wide i need um i need people that are walking to be on the outsides i need people that are rolling and have strollers to be on the insides so therefore we don't have to worry about running people the hell over or getting ran the hell over there have been so many disabled people like i I can't get past, you know, people are walking slow in front of me, you know, I'm trying not to run over anybody's foot, or they just, like, stop randomly, and it's like, you will get ran the fuck over, move, move, I have a bullhorn, and I am not afraid to use it, so, um, so I have that, uh, uh, everything is, uh, if there are all- are, um, if there's going to be announcements, if there's going to be any type of shows, there will be two interpreters on stage and then there will be four interpreters off stage because what I learned is that in when you interpret, you have to interpret in groups of two because you guys need to like switch out. You know, you get tired. Like, like I would get tired. Like you would get tired. You are basically interpreting live what someone is saying to another language. So two is the bare minimum. And then when you get more and more people, that's when you need a group of four or six. So I'm just like, let's just have eight people out the box. You know, we have, um, we have two people on stage. We have four people in the crowd and then you guys just, uh, rotate that way. So that's just the interpreters. Um, there should be a large teleprompter with, uh, closed captioning. And the reason why we have interpreters and closed captioning, because those that don't know sign language can still be deaf or hard of hearing, so they can still read what's going on. (sighs) Okay, what else? What else? Floats. We need to see more disabled people on floats. We need to see more disabled people in the actual parade. We need to see more disabled people running booths. We need to see more disabled people in kink, because kink is not going anywhere in pride. We need to showcase and see all the people that are in the community and not just the same old cis het, cis homo white faces. <sighs> okay, that's all I can think of yes. off the top of my head. <laughs> and I know it's like, damn, you really did answer that question. That was... But you know what? That's that's all I got. That's all oh, I got off
0: the top that off the top that was yeah, off the top, that was great. So um to to like support your answer or to like add to your answer. Yeah, that's what I mean. How do you feel about wellness areas, rest stops, and disability workshops being a staple at Pride?
1: Yes, and more please. Uh for those that are um that are autistic, you know, maybe having like rest stop rooms that are sensory free. So you can just um I wouldn't say it'd be like a porter potty because then it feels like it's claustrophobic. But just have rooms set up that is that um could be silent or there could be sound, and then you know, just people can just meditate for five to ten minutes. Wow. Well, that's uh that i can't believe i forgot that but i heard a whole podcast about that and i was like oh my god that would be so important um also discussing wellness discussing um having workshops around you know how to speak to your doctor how to advocate for self um what does what does having a disability and showcasing a few disabilities what does that mean um how does having a disability impact your work your life maybe your um hiv or your hiv status how um how to assist a friend that's disabled do they want your assistance you know uh social etiquette around disability um those things would be wonderful to teach the broader community because not only are you showing that these people are a part of the community, but how not to be a weird asshole. So yes, yes to all all that. Yes, yes and more. (laughs) Yes (laughs) and more.
0: And sometimes just like not being an asshole, sometimes that's just like, that sometimes that goes a long way. You know what I mean? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's obviously not Mm -hmm. everything literally just intro that's just like (laughs) standard but like Mm -hmm. sometimes that does go a long way you know what i mean Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because you can be ignorant and a lot of people most times will accept that just like okay well this person doesn't know but if you like just roll up behind somebody uh that's in a wheelchair and just start pushing them you're going to get slapped. If you just grab somebody who's like walking through the crosswalk and they're blind or they're using a white cane, you're going to get knocked the hell out because don't, first of all, don't touch me. <laughs> uh-huh. Full autonomy right here. I am a whole adult. Do not touch me. Introduce so, yourself
0: at least first. Hello. Hi. Uh do, Would you like any help? Thank you. Are you okay? What's going on? Thank you.
1: Thank you, because, see, that's <laughs> common courtesy, and that's autonomy, and a lot of people feel that disabled people are, like, um, um, big children, like, baby ch- baby adults, so they're like, oh, you need help, let me help you, and it's like, I didn't ask, I don't need your help, and then that's where people, you know, have to get defensive, and it would come off as nasty, Nasty to some people, but I didn't ask you. If you're in the store and you're pushing your basket and I jump in front of you and just grab it, here, I'ma help you. I, I didn't ask. Roll back. You might get hit. So yes. we treat disabled people the same way. If I see a disabled person struggling with something, would you like any assistance? Nope. All right. You have a good day and keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. They might be struggling for a reason. They might be trying to prove a point. They just may not want your ass in their business.
0: There it is. There it is. Mm -hmm. So I I learned so, I learned so much on Twitter and learning, like I I really like to learn. So I have to really limit myself because I can literally spend a whole day just like, oh, so much information. This is amazing. (laughs) You know, but, mm -hmm. but, (laughs) but what I learned, uh, by following a variety of people is that A lot of times when people think about disability, it's like, oh, like, that's if something happens to you or if you were born a certain way or or whatever. But what I've learned from a lot of people who speak about this is it's oftentimes a matter of when, like, Mm -hmm. this will happen to you. Like, and that disability is a part of the human experience. It's not a matter of if it will happen, but it's when. And yes know how in the beginning of this conversation, we outlined that disability can be physical and it can also be mental. So again, it's a matter of when. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people don't see themselves in disability or don't see that like happening. So they just completely disengage or don't want to even learn about it and then something happens we go we go into lockdown because we're in a global pandemic and all of a sudden people's cognitive functions completely break down all of a sudden people are hitting a pandemic wall all of a sudden people are severely depressed all of a sudden people agoraphobia they don't want to leave the house anymore and they they can't or they have some some physical disability and it's like oh all of a sudden i've i've arrived at this place and mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, I think that that was really transformational for me to learn about that, about it's a matter of when, not if,
1: you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, pandemic aside, everyone has or has had grandparents. You know that the human experience is we're born, we live, and then we, we pass away. So, in that, in those later years before the passing, things do break down. You can't hold your br- bladder as well as you used to. Sometimes your speech gets slurred. Sometimes you become confused. Everyone thinks, oh, that's way off. Uh, you, My grandmother recently passed away at the age of 80 from dementia. That can happen to anyone as early as, as what, 35, 40, early on stage dementia, that can happen. Alzheimer's, that can happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Same as adolescence, same as puberty, same as menopause, same as all these other medical things that will eventually happen to a body, a person Disability is going to happen. So for people to not want to discuss it until, oh, you're 60 or 70. Okay, first, that's creating the wrong narrative that all disabled people are old. That is not true. That is not true. You can be born disabled, as you stated, as well as you can acquire a disability in a variety of ways. But in the end, we will all be disabled at some point. It doesn't matter how well you take care of yourself. At some point, you will use a cane or walker because your hips, knees, ankles, back, whatever is is going to be like, you know what? I'm going to give up the ghost. So. There are ways that you can mitigate this. There are ways that you can slow the process down, but it will eventually happen. So, there needs to be more conversation about first of all, disability is not for the elderly. Disability is for everyone across the board. You can you can get a disability. Um you can also have undiagnosed disabilities. This is where you just see people in life and you're like you know, maybe they maybe they move around better if they had a cane. Maybe maybe this person can't focus because they have problems processing auditory language. Disability is We are one of the largest communities. We are 15% of the global population, but that's only the people that are disclosing. Think of all of those that do not disclose. Mm -hmm. So we're quite a large population and disability can range from, you know, I have problems handling small things to, you know, something that a doctor can diagnose. So,
0: yeah. Thank you so much for Mm -hmm. saying all that. Mm Mm-hmm. What's your what's your wellness routine like and how has it been going lately?
1: Ooh, well, my wellness routine has changed because of the pandemic. Um I am learning to listen to my body more. So, my my wellness routine involves plants. That is the first thing. Green energy is exactly what helps me focus, helps me bring in all of the intrusive thoughts and things. So I am I use Wednesdays, which is today, as my, you know, rotate my plants, make sure everyone's watered, make sure I've uh, moved my lights around so everyone gets uh, enough lighting. I water who needs to be watered. I change out soil. So that, and everyone's like, that feels like work. No, that's actually... My routine. So um I so aside from my plants, I will I will usually clean while I'm listening to an audio book or a podcast, or I'm watching you on YouTube. <laughs> hey, Bye. Babe. I'm just like hi, Jr. How you doing? Dear? And yes, yes, you're a part of my wellness team. Mm-hmm, I said it. I said it. I'll be doing laundry and I'm just like, snap, snap. You can't even hear me, but I'm just snapping along oh, like, goodness. yes, it's worth it. Um, I vacuum. I, I do a lot of cleaning. I do a lot of like slow moving. And then once I feel that my area is clean, I will lay across. There's a beautiful bed behind me. I will turn on my TV and then I will just veg out on on a show or two or just take a nap. Or work in my journal. I'm, I'm getting back in, into working on in my journal. Mm-hmm. Um, or I shower. This is why I cut all my hair off so I could shower and like wash my hair in 30 minutes and just be like, ooh, the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's me being well right now. That's my wellness routine right now.
0: That's really good. So I started like a couple of days ago, I started like meditating and I haven't done that in years. And I don't know but like it the last time I did it it was just so good and I know everybody says oh everybody should meditate blah blah but to be honest there were a few years where that just wasn't resonating with me but I picked it back up and mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 good now it's good now mm-hmm. so Mm-hmm. I think like what you said about like your wellness routine kind of like shifting or changing and stuff like it's it's kind of important to do that because it's not always one size fits all for all the time like just because it worked for you five years ago doesn't mean that now it's gonna mm-hmm. work you know you know what I'm
1: saying mm-hmm. yeah because you're not the same person that you were five years ago you you maybe couldn't focus because you had 90 million things to do while you out here being awesome so meditation wasn't a thing that you could do But now, you know, you're moving, you're moving a bit slower, you have more time to schedule that in. So now it's like, oh, okay, it's working. It's working. Before I used to just take a nap. And I was like, okay, that's my, that's my wellness. That's my self-care. I took a nap. I feel much better, but now I'm learning that I, I need movement, but I need slower movement. I need to take things slow. I need to gather all my thoughts and things like that. So that's where my, I'm working that into my wellness. I'm moving around, but I'm doing it slowly. I have, um, I have something in the background that I'm listening to and, you know, I might be taking notes on that and I'm just, I'm just slow moving because I can't do Tai Chi yet. So that's,
0: that's, so yeah. I hear you. That's cool. You got to find out what works. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else you would like to say about this topic? Cause we are pretty much at the end of our convo.
1: Um, people should realize that just because you don't see disabled people in spaces does not mean that they are not a part of the community. Disabled people are everywhere, but if a space is not accessible, you will not see them. That's the same with, you can't assume that everyone that is queer is white. If the space is not comfortable and not safe, you will not see Cutie BIPOC, you will not see people of color. That is also the same of if you're in a bad relationship with someone that happens to be bisexual, you can't lump all bisexuals into being trash. No, the human you dated was trash. We do not accept them. We do not support trash in the bisexual community. So. I've, I've had to tell a couple of studs that and it's just like, I go hard for my studs. I love my studs. I love my studs, my stems, my fem, all of them. But then we'll, as soon as they hear, oh, you're bisexual. Oh, da 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 da. Okay. Why are you letting us trauma just like harass you like that, keeping you prisoner? I mean, you're missing all this goodness because you can't let that go or go to therapy. But hey, you do you, boo. I'm going to exit stage right. So
0: that's that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great, great note to end on. I want to thank you so much for your time and for your tweets and your support. So, yeah, this was a really, really great chat. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Let's Heal Already podcast. To be clear, I'm not advocating for an emotionally intelligent patriarch or for more men to begin and end their work at feeling comfortable painting their nails, wearing dresses, or expanding what falls under the fold of masculinity. Similarly, I do not want to be a highly efficient, well-adjusted worker under capitalism, which is often the aim of Western therapy models. I am calling for the system to be abolished. That system is imperialist, cis-heterosexist, white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchy. Please leave a rating or review on the platform you use to listen to this podcast and feel free to share this with your friends. Donation to show support can be made at J-R-Y-U-S-S-U-F on Venmo.